let's go. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again on Quality Matters. I'm your hostess, Darcy. I'm Kyle. And we're going to talk about a case study from ASQ. I really love going in and <laughs> finding all the different um, organizations, I guess, businesses that can use quality to improve their business. I've said for years, and I, heck, I was talking to a customer just yesterday, like, that is my absolute favorite part of what I do is you can take two organizations in the same situation with completely different tactics of solving the same problem. And it's just fascinating to see all the little nuances and how it succeeds here or it succeeds that way. There is just no one size fits all for any of this. No. But to be able to apply quality to any industry mm -hmm. is what I find fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, this first one is about pharmacies, which, you know, I think... In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Majority of Americans have prescription drugs yeah. that they have to get filled. We have ours, and mm -hmm. we don't really have an issue with our pharmacy. I know long ago we used to use a drive-through well-known chain pharmacy, um, and we quit using it because our prescriptions would never be ready when we go. No. Like the convenience of the drive-through wasn't worth it, and so yeah. now we get out and walk up to our pharmacy that's in a grocery store. Yep. Kroger, because <laughs> I've talked about Kroger so many times on here. It's Kroger. <laughs> and the pharmacist knows us, and if there, yep. there's a new medication, they talk to us about, you know, how that might interact with something or how, you know, yeah. they do all the things that People you're supposed matter. to do. Yes. And then, you know, I, I see, I know someone <coughs> that's a pharmacist on Facebook. I went to high school with her, and you know, I see her talk about the stress of the job and how customers will get so mad at them and how they're not even taking a lunch break as a pharmacist, right? much less the techs yeah. are taking a lunch break. So this was really intriguing to me because it's kind of been in the back of my head. I, I mean, it's probably a couple of years ago I saw that post from her and uh, I've just remembered that. So this article was written in 2005, you know, not super recent, but... And at the time, there was an 8.5% decrease in staffing and a 7% vacancy rate. For who? For uh, pharmacy staffs. Oh, just in general? I, yeah, it doesn't specify that it's pharmacists. Okay. But um, And then, of course, the hours increase. It's like oh, banking. Really? You know, there's no longer banker's hours, right. as they used to call them. It's all the time. Yeah. So I feel like... Pharmacist is one of those degrees that's maybe just not worth it because you're going to be working <laughs> all the time. You don't get weekends yeah. off with your family. There has to be a pharmacist there, you know? I mean, I know it's not an equal comparison um, in, in skill or education or any of that. So that's what I'm trying to make here. But, um, you know, I, I used to work for Geek Squad, right? Mm -hmm. And I was a computer tech, you know, a certified computer tech. So I was a supervisor there. But this was something I ran into all the stinking time is how do you properly um, – schedule your resources mm -hmm. so you can have the people there the right people there at the right time and yeah missing lunch breaks that was a big deal the company actually got like massively sued as i recall for 
too many people missing their lunch breaks. I mean, you're well, yeah, required to I give it. In an eight-hour period, they're yeah. required to have a lunch break. So, so I can only imagine when it's something like this, it's I mean, so much more important than... You know, a pharmacy, a pharmacist is, I think, a five-year degree you have to have. And I just think, if I spend that time and money, then I want my weekends off. <laughs> and I actually looked up, out of curiosity, knowing that they work all that time, I looked up the average salary, and it's like a hundred to $130,000, which is a decent salary, but it's not worth my weekends, <laughs> I don't think. Um, so, anyways, at the same time, the prescription drug volume was predicted to grow about 29%. Oh, yeah, so cut hours, increase demand. You know, no, it works. increase hours... The pharmacy hours are increased, but they don't oh, sorry. have. We inc- yeah, yeah, I got you. But yeah. they don't have as many staff, and the pharmacist was expected to increase only about four and a half percent in the same time period. Okay. <clears throat> so this is what pharmacies are dealing with now. It talks about their challenges of being overworked, and they've got to keep their customers satisfied while they're overworked and yeah. tired and mad about their job. Um. Then the pharmacists have to spend time in counseling, like I talked about our pharmacists would mm-hmm. do. You know, they have to come talk to you about yep. drug interactions, side effects, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so patient satisfaction was a big driver. And yeah. friendly and courteous pharmacists mm-hmm. is another big driver. Um, a lot of the softer side issues of the quality management world here. Yeah. And, and so the biggest area of customer dissatisfaction was waiting hmm. they didn't like waiting 20 30 minutes or longer to pick up their prescription well, kind of same thing you said about the drive-thru right yeah but it, I, theirs was a little I, different but okay, yeah so this doesn't specify i mean i think of when like the doctor sends it over and the person shows up right away. Yeah. Like we've taken our kids to urgent care in the evening right. before, and then we'll go to a drive through <laughs> yeah. to pick it up and they don't have it ready. Cause we just left the clinic like 10 minutes ago. Right. Okay. That's fine. I understand that. But when it's something that was sent over and it's the next day yeah. and it's not ready, then yeah, I'm going to be upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interpreting this having to wait 20 to 30 minutes as we just sent it over and we don't want to wait. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. So now the pharmacist is caught between, I need to spend time counseling my patients and making them happy, but they're not happy because they're having to wait too long on their prescriptions. Mm -hmm. So um, this case study is about an outpatient pharmacy, which I guess means it's not in a hospital. So an outpatient pharmacy, you're making faces at me. You want to Google this? I had it paused. Okay, so to define the outpatient pharmacy or the difference, there's an inpatient pharmacy, which is in the hospital used to dispense medications to the patients. The outpatient pharmacy is a standalone drugstore that can dispense any prescriptions. Okay. Okay. So um, it's still located in an academic medical center, and they had large volumes of prescriptions and it addresses their physical working environment and how that hadn't changed. So this article talks a lot about setting up the pharmacy mm-hmm. to reduce time and wait. Of course, they had complaints about customer service issues. Their long, it says the long waits were legendary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone was dissatisfied. Patients, employees alike are not happy. Yeah. So... 
the leadership decided to create a performance improvement team that they call the PI team. Very creative, as we quality <laughs> folks often are. Yeah, well, I like the PI. It's like a private investigator, but that's aside. Um, so they brought in multiple stakeholders, which any good case study that we've read has mm-hmm. done that. But they brought in, see if we can count as they did this. Okay. They brought in the division head. One. The director. Two. Two supervisors. Three, four. A physician. Five. <laughs> Stop. A clinic administrator. Six. A representative from pharmacoeconomics. Seven. A representative from facilities management. Eight. A representative from managed care. Nine. Two pharmacists. Eleven. And two volunteers that were former patients. Twelve, thirteen. I feel like I should be the count on Sesame Street. I think you should not. I broke her. (laughs) I'm trying to be serious and keep my train of thought and read through this article, and he just won't let me. How many cups of coffee have you had this morning? It's only the second. Oh, I'm in trouble, y'all. Okay. So I think that's pretty awesome that they developed a team. You broke yourself now. Yes, I did. (laughs) The team is 13 people. That's huge. I mean, is that to the point that it's hard to work with that many people? I kind of think so, because you'd have to organize how you're going to gather the information from them. You might have to specialize who's going to be interested in, in, in what piece of the problem here. It might actually be a little on the high side. But I feel like each person that we listed is valuable to Agreed. this team. Agreed. So, Which just requires some organization. Imagine 13 people openly debating a problem in a conference room. I agree. There's so, a term for that that I can't say on here. Does it start with cluster? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the team started by identifying three elements to their mission. Okay. The first one was to improve patient satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And with that is to <coughs> reduce wait time, improve uh, patient satisfaction survey scores, and reduce patient complaints. Let me point out something here that seems incredibly obvious, but in day-to-day life, I don't see occur very often is they have a problem. So you say, great, we have a problem. They defined their problem. Then they brought in people that could be helpful. And then they specifically defined their success criteria. Yeah, and every successful case study that we've looked at has done that. They've right. started with, let's see who needs to be on the team and create a team that's in charge mm-hmm. of this. And then the team says, let's create our mission. Let's start with why. Yeah. <laughs> And, but the thing here that I, I honestly hardly ever, not going to say never, hardly ever see in day-to-day life, and I'm sure it's largely because we work with folks that need assistance. We're not going in to help the folks that right. are already there. But so few people define that success criteria up front. How do I know if my mission was successful? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be better. Well, what's better? Yeah. That's what so I love So now here. they know. So that was uh, patient satisfaction. The second thing was to improve employee satisfaction. So they wanted to improve work environment skill, the WES, as it's called. Is that a normal thing? I've not heard that one before. Okay. Well, they call it the WES and to reduce attrition. And then the third thing they wanted to do was improve business practices. Mm -hmm. And underneath that one, they wanted to improve collection of benefit information during patient registration. Mm-hmm. 
and then decrease the mean fill time. The, we, I think, talked about this just recently. Is there was uh, one client of ours that had a corrective action form, had 46 fields on it. It was like three pages long to complete, just to submit a corrective action. And they couldn't understand why no one did it. No one ever turned in a corrective action. Yeah, it's too I much. I wonder why. It's yeah. just too dang complicated. So they started by gathering baseline data. They gave some patient satisfaction surveys. They divided those into five areas. They gave the West, the work environment mm-hmm. skill scale to employees to establish a baseline. And then under business practices, they want to improve the collection of benefit information. So you go drop off your prescription. And now I think the struggle is that so much of it is done digitally. Yeah. The doctor sends it over. But this is... I mean, this, this pre- was 2005, so it was before that, yeah. I think. Um, it could have happened, but it would have been very so limited. So the doctor writes out the prescription. Mm-hmm. You go take it to your pharmacy, and when you take it, they should look up your information, make mm-hmm. sure that they have your current insurance, right? and see if insurance is going to reimburse for it and how much, yeah. and let you know how much it's going to be. Yeah. So they... Um, to get a baseline for that, they sampled 50 randomly selected patients mm-hmm. and found that only 10% of those patients had the information needed. Hmm. So after the changes were made, they improved that to 50%. Okay. Which still doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a 40% it's like a increase. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then they started investigating delays and they um, gave each staff member a fishbone diagram. Mm-hmm. So you can talk about those. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just a real simple way of identifying uh, who's got what responsibility. It's, it's called a fishbone because that's kind of what it looks like. You, you have a, a line from the start to the finish. And you draw the little diagonals off of it. And you put certain responsibilities and, and uh, who's responsible for what and due dates and action items. And it's, it's just a real simple way to organize a, a process so you can see it literally. And so are they supposed to put their steps in order or just on the diagram? Mostly in order, but it's more of uh, just trying to identify everything that needs to get done from point A to point B for the goal. So not necessarily a full uh, project management tool, but just a good way to organize things. Okay, so they gave each employee a fishbone diagram to complete at their own workstation. Mm -hmm. So I guess this is a couple of things. It's kind of like how different things organize and feed into each other. I guess it kind of did that help collect, Mm -hmm. from, but also let them see how each employee saw their job. Mm So, and how they fit into the greater puzzle, because that fishbone diagram, it can branch off and, and have lots of different branches on it, and ooh, that's really useful. So something as simple as like uh, th- this podcast here, right? Okay, so we've got kind of this piece that we're doing here together, and each of us have different responsibilities. You're doing the case studies. I'm cutting the jokes. You know, we, we've got to... Re- <laughs> oh, we you're know the only one here. that can be funny? Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, but then you know we'd have different branches for you know well I'm going to go through and compile all the audio files and put this all together right and so you've all got little different pieces that connect so it's mm-hmm. just a real good way to see that okay so they did that and they decided to reward reward the employees if everybody 100 percent participation they got a pizza party just a little something yeah. to you know hey let's do this the great thing about rewards so is it doesn't have to be big. Most I pe- mean, I would be happy with a pizza well, and, party. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Darcy's like on this pizza binge. 
I am. It's bad. It's yummy. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to send me pizza, you can find our address on the website. <laughs> That's what we'll do. We're just going to start getting, you know, Domino's gift cards and Papa John's gift cards coming in. I would in. be thrilled. <laughs> Our oldest son would not. He has pizzaed out. He yes. is tired of my pizza obsession. How bad is it when a 12-year-old is tired of pizza? But he's picky. He likes pizza, though. He's picky. He is. Okay, we got to move along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, they also organized a roundtable discussion with volunteers and patients to get just, what do you think we could do to improve kind yeah. of a thing. So they clearly said... There's lots of opportunities for improvement. I yes. love the positive spin on that. So they decided to work on several things in parallel all at the same time. Um, so some of the things that they did, they renovated the waiting area. So if you're going to have to wait, we're going to make it pleasant for you to wait. Good. Um, they remodeled the actual pharmacy work environment mm-hmm. to make it more efficient. They opened an additional cashier's booth. They ordered a POS system um, to track the transi- transaction throughout the whole process, mm-hmm. which is will benefit them to see where bottlenecks might be occurring. Um, there's a whole lot more things. They implemented uh, revised pharmacy data screens, on and on and on. Shifted schedules, added a telephone triage system. But the one cool thing they did was, I mean, all of it's cool that they're <laughs> making improvements. They piloted an express line. So when they would get prescriptions, they would separate them into fast fills and routines. Good. And so then they provided dedicated personnel to the, uh, mm-hmm. what they call it, the express line. Yep. And so there was a pharmacist and an entry technician. Mm-hmm dedicated just to that express line yeah um well and that makes sense i'm going to assume that the routines were not part of the express line it's all of these other one-offs like hey i went to the doctor i need some antibiotics versus this is my monthly prescription right it makes sense you have to segregate the uh your, your tasks and identify the priorities uh I was talking with someone yesterday when we were looking at the software solution and we're trying to understand how they're handling their training requirements versus kind of what needs to be done. And so that's when I told them, I was like, look, you got to separate this stuff out. So you've got some things where if you talk to them about it and they sign a sign-in sheet, you're done. You mm-hmm. don't need no more evidence. You're done. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to go really deep into it to get too much information. The only point I'm trying to make is like, that same idea applies all over the place, right? So mm-hmm. we're looking at it here with filling these prescriptions is identify when it's necessary to invest the extra time. Yeah, and so it worked out. Another thing they did was they increased staffing um, from eight hours to full hours for their, they have an automatic dispensing unit, but it still has to be staffed. I guess that measures prescriptions that are coming out. Um, So they increased the hours that that was staffed to help move prescriptions along. That makes sense. And so the overall mean fill time decreased from their baseline, which was 78.15 minutes, to the pilot rate of 34.95 minutes. Wow. So they yeah. cut it in half. More than half. Yeah. And that doesn't, it cut it in half, that's, that's more than, you know, more than what it sounds like. Because that means for every minute that someone is now freed up from doing that other task, they're now able to do another value-added task. Right. So you cut it in half, you could have got a fourfold benefit from that. Mm-hmm. 
So, of course, the staff is energized. They want to work harder on improvements, which I always love to read. I love to read when people are excited that they found some uh, nonconformances and things like that. Um, There was a significant shift in patient satisfaction, and we have charts where they graphed all that that will attach. Um, Employee satisfaction showed significant improvement, and the physical comfort and lessened work pressure were all better mm-hmm. rated. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was, I thought it was neat. No, just it is. To see. It is. And it, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's a little frustrating to me when I read these articles because then I want to go to my pharmacy and say, hey, how do you guys <laughs> feel about this? You want to guys want to do something better? Right. But, you know, of course they want to, but, right. you know, it's getting the right person to agree to it. Yeah. And, Unfortunately, a, a lot of times these are really big projects. I mean, oh yeah. Depending on how you know how, how broke something is, for lack of a better term, I mean, you kind of got to dissect a lot of pieces to make the improvements. Now it's it's worth it in the end, but it's tough. Well, it said earlier in the article that the physical environment, so I guess the way the pharmacy was laid out, hadn't changed in years. And I told you there was a lot of things that they need opportunities for improvement is what they called it. Yeah. So they worked on things in parallel. And that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven things yeah. that they worked on. And these aren't small things. Yeah. So Yeah. It's just it takes a lot of commitment mm-hmm. um in volunteer time and suggesting improvements mm-hmm. and budget time mm-hmm. and you know, most People aren't willing to make that commitment. No. And uh, even if they are, like, it is a short term, it's a big cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, because while you're going through all of this, productivity is not going up while you're doing this. So people have to understand that there is a cost to it. The but benefits when it's there, done yes. and your customers are happier, then you'll start getting more customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at us. I mean, we're just one of who knows how many thousands or millions for that pharmacy. But yeah. We quit going because I was tired of sitting in the drive-thru and waiting yep. and being told to pull around, yeah. pull around <laughs> and wait in line some more. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. No, th- there's always ways ways to make improvement. But, you know, we kind of started talking about this one of uh, these are kind of the softer people skills. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those are very often, very often overlooked and missed. Well, and so, so important in a pharmacy situation, because if your customers aren't happy, you don't yeah. have business. No. And you can't really afford to make mistakes there. No. There's not a lot of room for error. Mm -mm. So, no, I think this is a good, this is a fun one. All right. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is Darcy with Quality Matters. We really appreciate you listening. And if you enjoy it, we invite you to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Subscribe, comment, leave us a review. We're happy to hear from you.